Welcome to Book Club, where we talk on video about things we read with our eyes, or in some cases, our ears, right, James? Uh, you know it, me. Yeah. And this, I, I actually am very curious about that when I ask you questions about the voice. This uh, edition, we are focusing actually on Project Hail Mary, a book James suggested. Thank you, James. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess. We loved it. Or more or less, I think we really enjoyed the book. Um, so speaking of spoiler alert, yes, everything from here on out is a full spoiler. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this in detail. If you haven't read the book yet, uh, too late. What are you waiting for? Yes, don't pause this. It's a live video unless you're getting it in the pa in the pa future, and then pause Past. it. Oh, I'm not sure, whatever. Uh, but yes, so we are gonna talk about Project Hail Mary. It is the latest book by Andy Weir, who you may know as the author of the book that became the screenplay that became the movie you saw, <laughs> The Martian. Uh, that Matt Demon guy. Yeah, Matt Demon. No, that's not, that's not quite accurate, <laughs> but close. Uh, James, since you're the one who suggested this book, please walk us through the basics of, of why and, um, yeah, the, the synopsis. Sure. So uh, Hail Mary is Andy Weir's third book, um, and this one is more in the vein of The Martian. We follow um, Ryland Grace, a, um, a scientist of sorts who wakes up on a spaceship project, Hail Mary, um, but he doesn't have any memories, uh, and he knows that he is now alone and hurtling towards a, a you know a foreign sun, uh, only knowing that his his goal is to save humanity from its current plight. Um, yeah, and it I mean it's a great movie pitch, great elevator pitch. You know, somebody whenever he, he put this out, somebody I think they they did already buy the screenplay before the yes. <laughs> yeah. was done. It's going to feature Ryan Gosling, I believe. Yep. Oh well, I'm on board. Very exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think at th this point in uh, Andy Weir's career, it's, oh, you're writing a book, can we option it? Uh, but in this case, I actually think this, like you said, it, it runs really well for a easy narrative. So why did you why did you originally read this book? I think it was something you had already read, and then like a lazy person, you just said, why don't we just read this book I'm reading? <laughs> and like, well, like we all just said, yeah, all right, fine, we'll read the book you're reading. Well, so I had read, obviously, I'd read The Martian and I, uh, prior to the movie, and I loved it. It You know, it's like this, an incredibly quick read, really easy to read, despite being, um, you know... Uh, Technical. Yeah, technical, right? Um, and full of a lot of cool stuff. Um, and I read his next book, Artemis, which was fine. Like it we read that and talked about that. Yeah, it, it was okay. Like, yeah, it was it not like, the Martian. It's yeah, it, yeah. It's he tried a really different narrative style, um, and uh, you know, it just didn't quite suit. I think his style of writing, so it it made it slog at points. Um, but I had heard good things about this book. Um, so I decided to pick it up and I was pleasantly surprised that it read similar to the Martian. And then I think it is just enough different going on with it that I don't feel like it's, it's retreading ground of the Martian. Like it isn't Martian just, harder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it, it could have been right. In a way. Very easily. Martian yeah. with higher stakes. I was concerned in the first few chapters that it was going to be the Martian 
but harder. Right. Um, but you know, <laughs> then chapter that is, six. Yeah, that is the pitch, right? It's just the Martian, but instead of just Matt Damon's life in the balance, it's all of the world's lives in balance. I'm not They're sure really how much more the stakes are higher. I don't know. I think Matt. I think very highly of Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon, <laughs> all of humanity. Yeah, they're about equaled out. So I think Michelle and Gwen are a little bit more like I was going in on this, in that we were all reading like forty books each, which is not normal for <laughs> normal for us, but not normal for a person. Uh, how? What did you two feel when I'll call on one of you at a time? I guess, uh, Michelle, what did you feel when you were like, all right? Put the book down or not put the book down. It's a James recommendation. It is, yeah, yeah. You never, never know with him. Uh, wow. I'm not, I'm not a sci-fi person in terms of reading. I like sci-fi movies. I'm usually not really one to really fall into sci-fi books, just because they tend to be. I like to read for leisure. Mm -hmm. I don't really like to read for like I can't even read Game of Thrones because there's too many character names I can't follow it I it's just it's too Fair. much I I want to read something to just kind of decompress from the world and just enjoy it this book I read like the first two chapters and I was like eh, eh, eh. and then you were all like oh but the book but the book and I was like okay well now I have a deadline and then I read all of it in like three days Oh. Not like back to back, but like, you know, a little section here, a little section there and here. And it was, it went so smooth. It was great. I really liked it. I recommended it to like four people. Not that anyone listened to me, but maybe <laughs> now they'll see this and they'll be like, yeah, maybe you should read that book. I was even like, I have a PDF of it. You want to read it? I mean, no, I don't because we don't take things off no there. not at all no our libraries <laughs> we, all have, we all have physical copies money. of this uh, actually why don't you explain this little comment from our audience member you never picked it up I think <laughs> is this what is this uh is this a is this a knock against your choice uh, of reading james i believe it's an audiobook knock we'll we'll, we'll say that it is. I do. I do do most of my my reading via audiobook these days. Um, though I probably could have read this one. Um, you know, it, it does read easy. Uh, it's just time with the kid and everything. Most yeah. of my free time is the forty five minutes I'm alone in my car on my way to work. Right, and, and when you're not crying, right? Yeah, I know that. Get a, good, get a good cry in there, and then start the book. You know, I wanna, I'll throw to Gwen in a minute, but I want to put a pin in two things. Go back to the the quality of the audiobook. I'm very curious about it, and um, uh, and I forgot the other one because, of course, the kid. No, <laughs> uh, on uh, we keep mentioning easy reads, which makes this sound like it's very simplistic. And I think we should expand upon that in a little bit. But before we get into that, Gwen, what were you reading and what? how did you decide to juggle this? Uh, you have respect for James. I'm sure you uh, value his opinion. Yeah. I do. I, James and I have done a lot of reading together, actually, over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, outside of non-pro stuff, we've talked about books. So I feel like I bring you down to my level. I'm like, here's this really easy read. And Gwen was like, I'm done with it in 45 minutes. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Um, not so much that like they're easier than other things I read. I read a lot. So, you know, some of it is more complicated than other things. So when when we were talking about this, I was reading Bridgerton books and I was like, I just blew through them and it's fine. Um, and then I picked up Circe, which is by Madeline Miller, which is like a retelling of Greek myth, which is, I would say like a heavier, more literary text, if you will. Um, and I really loved that one. 
yeah. but like for completely different reasons. I usually like fantasy a little bit more than I like sci-fi, and Cersei's mm. a little more in that fantasy land. Um, but I do enjoy a good science fiction novel. I enjoy almost every genre if it's well done. So <laughs> this right. is well done, I think. I was, like I said, a little concerned in the beginning that we were getting like Martian part two. Um, the first few chapters, I was a little bit like, well, when are we gonna get to the exciting part? Cause James was like, listen, beginning's a little slow, but then you get to this point and it's like, oh my God. And then you're gonna like not wanna put it down. And that's exactly what happened. So I was just sort of waiting. And at first I thought maybe James lied. Um, yeah. I was never gonna I know, it, it happens. Uh, <laughs> like something was like super exciting to him that like, that like wasn't grabbing my attention. But then I got to chapter six and Ooh. aliens and it was I like, oh, yes. oh, we're there. Okay. And then I read the rest of the book within the next 24 hours. So, uh, I like uh, many of you. I uh, was juggling books. Actually, one of our one of our uh, viewers asked, "What is our favorite nonfiction books?" Which is a good segue. Thank you, Karen. And if you want to uh, leave a comment on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, we will respond to them. So please do. Uh, so I was actually in the midst of reading two different books. One that I really just got my foot in the door, and it was very small. It was a it was a novelette. Um, of uh flatland which i think i talked about in one of our podcasts it's this like you know book from the 1800s and it's it was harder to read than you would ex it was not difficult to read but there's still like linguistic issues about reading something that's timely and it was really deep and complex and it's uh, using geography uh, geometry to sort of map out uh human interaction it was really great and i'm reading it and i'm like this i don't think i'm going to get a chance to finish this before i get to the next book the book I was halfway through was a nonfiction book, uh, The Dark Heart, which was like this serial, this uh, true crime novel that I, I bought for my wife and I so we could, uh, you know, bond and she didn't ever read it. So I'm halfway through it and I'm like, all right, I could push on or start a new book or maybe we could just do this where we all read our own books and just get together and talk. Let me read a chapter of, of Project Hail Mary. And I read it and I was like, I'm not going to pick up any other book. This is what I'm doing. And I think that's what I kind of, that's what some of us, what we mean by um, uh, easy to read. It's like it flows so smoothly. One chapter pulls you into the next chapter. Um, the concepts, even though some of it's pretty, you know, lofty uh, science, it's still relatively, it's amazing. Well. Yeah, yeah. And it's explained well by a junior high school teacher, which is a great narrative device, yes. making him be Absolutely. the viewpoint character. So for all these reasons, highly recommended. But you, of course, are watching this or listening to this podcast. So you've probably already been sold. So uh, let's talk about. Um, actually, let's let's talk about that first section. Right. Very basic. Establishing an everyman character who's the viewpoint character. I love that they picked a junior high school science teacher for this. I felt it was a little hard to believe, but yes. I really did enjoy uh, his the mechanic of him explaining things to us. Once I love my colleague's background. It makes yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michelle, yeah. go for it. Yeah. So he's the junior high teacher, but he's the discredited scientist that tried to claim that life can exist without water. So. Which you're the guy, <laughs> the, the non-carbon life guy. Yeah. But to be fair, the, you know, and tell me if I'm wrong. There's no non. He's just wrong. 
Yeah, he is wrong. He doesn't run into any non-carbon life. I always feel like he's going to get it. He thinks he's right. And then he gets to a point where he's like, oh, oh, I'm an idiot. Another great element. I've been wrong this whole time. You're making your main character off severely flawed because otherwise you've got the the sci-fi fantasy trope of the i uh, you know i know everything and i'm perfect i'm the i'm the superhero i'm the literary superhero and Those no he's that i don't like yeah and he's like definitely... i am perfect and wonderful and fabulous and also here's all this technical complicated math that you're supposed to follow even though you oh yeah in the first are not two chapters a sciencey mathy person like, I'm, dropping, I'm dropping this item. This doesn't go right. Are this is, let me calculate gravity yeah. real quick. It's. I think it's yeah. the one. But this doesn't do that as as horribly yeah. as other. I love that there was a whole section where he's like, and then we established language. You don't need to yeah. hear about it. I think. <laughs> I think James? that's one of the things I like with this over the Martian is it just feels like there's so many reasons for him being our narrative character, right? The, the character in the Martian's great but you do have to throw away the fact that he's like, okay, cool. So I'm going to make a vlog for all of the layman people on earth so that they can follow my story. Like, I mean, it's a good idea, but the guy's actually like trying to survive. It probably wouldn't be his first thought, <laughs> you know? Nobody um, has time. And I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to think about all the right ways to explain this. So it's easy to wrap your brain around, you know, it, yeah. well, it's great. And it's amazing to watch and read, you know, him being a high school teacher means he kind of thinks in that way. And then like Michelle said, you know, I think my initial question in this first part is, um, you know, why? Right. Because it's like a high school teacher, but we, we get a little bit more and more as the book goes on using the flashback narrative device, right. As he's regaining his memories, you know, we learned that he gets to be the first person to discover astrophage which is of course the the um the the organism that's eating our stuff yeah and he gets you know we learned that there are people you know as we go farther on into the book only certain people can be put into a coma safely because of genetic makeup and he just happens to be one of those people you know and it goes on and on so many good uh narrative tools in this one little package of uh, you've got a uh, an explainer as the main character because they are a teacher and they're a junior high school teacher. So that's a little, they're used to making things more approachable. So he's going to do that. Like James said, you've got amnesia. So he has to explain to himself why these, this is happening. Uh, wonderful way of doing any kind of exposition, because if you think there are too many names in Game of, Game of Thrones, <laughs> think about all the like, let me give you the history. And to, you know, Martin's credit, he does it over books. So, like, it kind of plays out in a little bit of a smoother way. But where has a book to capture you? And actually, probably only a few chapters. So instead of just saying, let me sit you down and talk about this bacteria I made up, he he does it in a way that's uh, it's a mystery that is uh, very compelling. This is as much a mystery novel as a sci-fi novel, which I really appreciate. All right, we, we talked about it. We don't have, you know, we, we, we should get to the to the kicker. Point, uh, what was it chapter 16? Remind me. Chapter, six. Chapter, six. Chapter, six. chapter 6. I texted uh, James. Like, I turned the page and I was like, <laughs> I was convinced that was a red herring, that it was going to be something else or his mind no. was, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so we, so, James. I, 
So anyway, so Katie and I started listening to this on the way to um, from Vegas to California. I was doing a work thing and uh, then we went to a wedding after. And, uh, you know, I was honestly planning to listen to it with Katie. And I was just it popped on like right at the end of chapter five into chapter six or whatever, or chapter six into chapter seven. And, you know, like, oh, I'll just listen for a few minutes and then I'll pop it back. And uh, it never I never went back. I. You know, Sorry, I, Katie. Just to just to she ended up just reading the plot synopsis online because that's what she does. Um, but I just just to, you have a little background about me. Uh, I would give a lot to be the first person to interact with an alien species. Just how cool I was immediately drawn in when we we get the blip the blip a right and the ships connect and uh, wow because it, it takes this from something that's like a martian clone and makes it into it's just an exploration of of life and communication and wow yeah <laughs> michelle as a person who likes creepy things <laughs> What did you think? Please define creepy. Uh, anything that can literally creep on the floor. You know. I, I hate spiders. So when, <laughs> oh no, so when, when, he, when Grace is just like, um, he looks like a giant rocky spider, and he almost screams like a little girl. Um, mm. like I, I would, I would do that too. I was um, that girl. I, I was the kid that um was not supposed to stay up late and watch the scary stuff on TV and I did anyway with my older sister and I had nightmares for like three years that I was going to get abducted by aliens. Mm. So I feel like, you know, I've gotten through the trauma and now the I can read books right like there. <laughs> the I would not want to I would not want to be the person. You remember Scooby-Doo and um, uh. Alien Invasion? That movie scared me so much as a child. The novelization's even worse. I tell you. <laughs> Ooh. So, so I guess I've, I've grown in my my decades since then. Let's see, uh, Gwen. What did you? Th so you you messaged James as soon as that I did. happened. Yeah, it was, it was whatever late o'clock at night it is when I'm able to have time to myself to read, and I was like, ah, <laughs> aliens. And then I didn't go to bed for another like two, uh, a couple hours, several hours more of reading. Because um, it's exciting. Because yeah. like James said, this is a turning point. We've gone from mission to save human slash humanity, also mystery, figure out who I am, what's going on, to, oh, we're interacting with other life. There's other life out there. There's other civilizations, intelligent life to figure out how they got here and what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I also... At this point, this point was where I started to see more of the humor in the book. Like, mm. like there was definitely humor in those first few chapters, but this is where it got really funny for me when he starts interacting with Rocky. <laughs> and you know, I, I I just love the line that he gives. You know, that that guy has one human gesture, and gosh dang, is he going to use it about him? <laughs> just like constantly waving back and forth to each other. Like that just cracked yep. me up. <laughs> it's because <laughs> I really appreciated that communication is inherently funny and awkward like it's framed so perfectly everything about getting to learn about rocky 
about the Iridians, about their species, just becomes so fascinating. It's my favorite part of the book. I mean, I like yeah. audibly gasped when, um, you know, we're talking about how the Iridians did space travel and because they, you know, the, so for those of you following along, uh, Iridians can't see, uh, well, not in the way we see, they don't have eyes, they use sound, right? A very powerful form of echolocation. So space travel to them is odd because it's it's entirely done by sound, but because they have no way of, um, you know, and as they're talking about the death of Rocky's crew, I'm, I figure it out at the same time, like the book's figuring out. I'm like, they can't, they don't see light waves. So radiation would be unknown to them, right? They just, they all died of radiation poisoning. And like to, this species that decided to go into space without knowing about radiation is just incredible. All, but all these little things like, you know, it's, it's fun because it's, it's real science, but mm -hmm. it's like, it's like uh, the world mechanics in magic or, or, um, you know, in a magic based world or in a, a, you know, very bizarre, right. Big sci-fi fantasy, uh, sort of thing, right. There are rules to the world. So Andy Weir gets to make up the rules to Rocky's world while having it grounded in our reality. And that was so much fun. Right. right? What I, what I did enjoy at this stage of the book. So I am, I think by nature, uh, I like to puzzle things out, right. I like mysteries, but even when watching, fiction and i think maybe james can attest to this i'm extremely annoying right because i'm trying Terrible. to figure out the movie before the movie tells me what the movie is doing right and the same thing goes with books i try to in a, in a murder mystery dinner it's intolerable <laughs> uh to the point where uh iman will now be like all right pause what happens and i'm like <laughs> probably these things happen and then if they but uh, to her credit, if they do, she gets really excited. She's like, you did. It's like, like, <laughs> like I did a magic trick. And all I do is like, I kind of know, for the most part, the rules of narrative and why a story can you go. you understand genre. Yeah. So uh, while, I'm, while I'm getting to this stage of the book, I'm, there's two puzzles to figure out. One is the entire, how are they going to figure this thing, solve this situation? How do we save the sun? And how the second part is... So when the aliens are introduced, m m the stakes change for me because beforehand it seemed like there was nothing like there was no realistic way this could be solved by one person in a spaceship at the end of the world who was a junior high school teacher. And it just felt a little weird. Once aliens were introduced, I'm like, well, pretty much anything could happen at this point. Another group of aliens could show up and be like, oh, we made this just for fun. Sorry, I didn't mean, and, you know, anything could happen so that the, the mystery of the novel becomes more complex but the it was replaced with additional mysteries, which is how does this how is this science fiction author going to make this alien race feel genuine? And I think it was great, it's totally not plausible at all, but <laughs> no. totally interesting. No. You you have to suspend some disbelief. Yeah, you know. I, it's it, the the part that threw me was the weeks. After a few weeks, we basically didn't need. Uh, we could understand each other without it. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> there was actually an amazing article. I'll do a quick uh, sidestep. I think. Um, oh God, is Ars Technica has the article? I, I promised I would have looked it up, and then I forgot. 
Yeah, it is Ars Technica. Uh, and they described that the, the big problem uh, with this scenario was the moment where when they were discussing proper nouns, he just ends up calling Rocky Rocky because his word for him, his name for himself is just a bunch of whistles that don't mean anything. Ooh. But he was able to explain what grace meant to Rocky. And Rocky said what his what the word grace meant in his language. And it was like, like, whoa, grace is really complicated. How the hell did you have time to describe what grace meant? <laughs> Aren't you oh, supposed grace to has a morality behind it. So there's so much You have to almost be like, let's stop talking about uh, the, the danger to our worlds. What are the nuances of grace to you? <laughs> just call them a bunch of... It's, it's a science you just call them a linguistic thing. thing. I mean, the linguistics well, is science, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like, definitely, it's a choice. It's definitely a choice. They're like, for, for narrative purposes, we're going to say that this worked out. And I don't mind it. It didn't, like, it didn't destroy me. It was like, ah, oh, throw this book in the garbage. But it was definitely a choice uh, that I, I think if they didn't make that choice, and we talked about this a little bit in pre-production, we would have had something closer to Arrival, right? <laughs> yes. And that's a little heavier in many ways and maybe not as enjoyable uh gwen do you want a fun movie it's yeah, just a so... really good movie we, we know, said spoilers we said spoilers for uh project hail mary we won't do spoilers for arrival but maybe tone yeah. is fine so, right? okay so if you haven't seen arrival <laughs> check yeah. out for a few minutes because we can talk about it um so arrival is the amy adams space movie i don't care enough so <laughs> <laughs> I just heard michelle, michelle say i don't but, care <laughs> It came out in 2016. I saw it in 2019 when I was like super duper pregnant. And it does a couple of things that are narratively similar to Project Hail Mary in that the story flashes back and forth between like big alien problem and the past for that individual character. And the big aliens show up and basically knock on a window and start communicating. Um, through their whale noises, and they look kind of like giant spiders. Um, and that, I think, is sort of the main similarities there. Um, but Arrival is also dealing with questions about, like, time travel, which... The, the aliens in Arrival don't experience time linearly, and right. when they begin to communicate, neither do you. Which right. makes this infinitely more complicated. Right. So, so and like, where Rocky is effectively a rock spider with a human brain in it. Correct. Right? His morality, his right. his selfishness, his altruism. Uh, I'm wearing this shirt today with the bandolier and the, the Chewbacca ness because he was like my little spider Chewbacca. He was like <laughs> he's like a sidekick, he was an engineer. Yeah, I thought he, he was like R2 D2 but made of rocks. Either way, if that's the only language you know, because we're in Yes. Project Hail Mary is a buddy comedy in space. Yes. Arrival is like a tearjerker on Earth with aliens. Um, For because sure. of the sort of backgrounds of the characters. So it like sort of reminded me of that, but Rylan Grace does not have like the tragic backstory that Amy Adams' yeah. character had in Arrival, which is yeah. a big difference. So like sort of the emotional heaviness is really different. And then how seriously they're treating the alien species is really different. Yeah. Um, and also like the point of 
why what the story is about, right? This yeah. is about communications, overcoming things with science, overcoming things with reason. So for this for this story to work well, and it does work really well, uh, you focus on getting them to work together. So now that the, yeah. now we're squarely in the buddy cop portion of the yeah. book, uh, what did we think, um, James? Uh, the best. Uh, I <laughs> But no, it was really, like I said, it was really well framed. Getting to know Rocky was amazing. Their friendship was amazing. I mean, this book would have been, it would have been nothing special with that, with Rocky. It would have just been the Martian to Martian harder as we, <laughs> as we we're really, we're, for someone who, we're, we're, we we're complimenting this book, we're really hitting Andy hard. <laughs> Andy, we're hard on. We loved the Martian. The Martian was great. We yes. did. Matt Damon was we, entertaining. We just need to do it which my high schoolers are like all about, yeah. so it makes it a great book to recommend <laughs> to them because you know. Yeah. yeah, there's no cursing in this book. Yeah. <laughs> no, there wasn't. Yeah, there was a there's lot of like, all shucks and G's. Yeah, yeah. all shucks and That's another yeah. curse like once yeah, or twice. Yeah, it's a teacher thing. Although, let me oh, tell wow. you, as a teacher, we curse. Yeah. Okay, we just don't do it for the children. Yes, exactly. If if there were no children, as soon as he is, he knew that there were no. Children in that spaceship, he would have been dropping the most faculty edge door closes and out come the f bombs. I think <laughs> okay. one of my one of my favorite parts too, though, about Rocky is not just the um, not just the fact that the potential that Rocky has enough astrophage, which they use as fuel, could possibly get Grace back to Earth, which obviously amazing Please. for him because it was supposed to be a suicide mission. I think just the in interest in Rocky gives Grace more pep, more will to live, you know, yeah. to, to really get through this problem in a oh way that's God. exciting and good. Um, and Rocky, you know, he needed like a buddy. The, and the, he yeah, and the, the emotional attachment to the, them is really believable. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I mean, for a lot of reasons. One, because they are the only two people out here at the end of their known worlds, you know, doing this thing. Um, but I'm going to tell you, I cried for the rock alien when I thought he might have died. Mm. Right? Like, big tears. Because oh, I was definitely. like, no, 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 not yet. You know, That like, had old, old Frank rules about no animals may die in this movie or I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> right? interested. I'm not interested. I don't care how many people die. It doesn't matter. Um, and I like how he was, dies. A little, he was a little realistic too about like, you know, like doing things that could have messed things up. You know what I mean? Like even when he tries to save Rocky, he could have harmed That's him. That's the thing. That's the thing about this book that I think I liked the most compared to like, we we're talking about like the science fiction that takes itself so seriously. And you've got that, like, I'm too perfect hero. Like, mm -hmm. you of Ender when you say that for Ender's game, uh, you know, I don't know if yeah. that's a good <laughs> comparison, but Ender is like by the but end, like, you know. You know, he makes mistakes and he realizes he makes mistakes and then he feels terrible about it and he tries to fix it. And a lot of the time he Fs up again, like it happens. He's very human and mm -hmm. it makes it, I think, a little easier to connect with this story because like people who actually become astronauts like are trained to within an inch of their lives. They know exactly what the protocols are and he doesn't, not really. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. Uh, the, Again, the, the Everman aspect. 
He has the bystander education of being an astronaut. (laughs) That was one of those things that I had been slowly was predicting as the story was going on, which I don't know why I'm patting myself on the back for that one. That was, I think, pretty well telegraphed. He's like, all right, I will be training you both on every little step of this, of how to be an astronaut. I thought the two of them were going to run away and get married in secret. Oh. Not, not an explosion. Not die. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah, maybe like she was gonna get pregnant or something. Yeah, I thought something was gonna go on there. I, well, I very much enjoyed the what was his name? Du Bois. Yes. Where yeah. we've entered a relationship. I thought you'd like to know. I don't need of, to know this. Oh, but we just want to let you know. And she's on birth control, and we don't have to worry because the world's ending. Yeah. One of yeah, us is gonna we, die. Okay. Do you have time for a quickie? Say in fifteen minutes. <laughs> Let's schedule this in between our training sessions. Room class. I love how awkward he is there. Can we? Can we? Um. Let, can we shift gears a little bit to the flashbacks? Right before, oh, right before do you that. Do this? Something yeah, right, right before that, because I think it ends up, and I, I think we're talking about um, how, like, how human, like, scaling out like emotional response. So imagine how heavy those scenes are and this will transition to flashbacks of you know all the kids i taught in school they're going to be old by the time i i get back and many of them will be dead right that hits hard very hard thinking about the little kids you're molding their lives and you know that they're going to be facing a lot of obstacles in the future that's true of many of the people on this this conversation on in this podcast yeah you're thinking about them and like well did i just basically de- make them destined to suffer or are they just destined to suffer now uh if he hadn't had rocky to also like wow a new alien race that really lightens the mood significantly and necessarily in this story so again perfect time to bring it up right as you're talking but, about how the world is probably even if it's saved it's not going to be great but also i like that rocky isn't like entirely light Right, he comes with his oh, own no. baggage, the loss of his people, the not understanding of how time works in long-term space travel. So he will yeah. also, you know, I mean, he Those doesn't really have to grapple right. with the same problem because, you know, he lives yeah. for four hundred years or whatever. Like, I grappled with that problem. I still don't understand it, and I'm never gonna. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> so yeah. the relativity of time. Yeah, yeah. it's the theory of relativity. Don't try to relativity. We don't have to. It's fine. <laughs> sure, but you know, so if you're know. traveling and no, James, James you're not allowed. No. no, you're not allowed. No. Uh, you were talking about flashbacks, and I transitioned perfectly for you. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about um, Strat and the flashbacks. So this was definitely something that I think at the beginning I was, I was like not less interested in, but like I, I saw it as just a standard narrative device. I didn't originally think I would find the stuff that happened there really interesting. Um, but then I started to enjoy and like those characters there too. Um, you know, and I think really honestly, one of the most interesting characters, and I think the most, one of the most unrealistic yet maybe realistic things about this is maybe Strat and the organization that this runs. Um, because Not realistic. Because it's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> a woman would never be given that yeah. kind of power. Exactly. Probably not. I, I, mean, so. not allowed I to appreciate anything at this point. the diplomacy and the politics is the most unrealistic yes. thing in this book. Yes. Past the alien. Russia, China, and the United States agreeing never. to do the same never. thing. Never. With never. a woman in charge? Never. 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 No. never. They blew up Antarctica. Yep. 
this would never happen. No. Like, let's just pollute more, guys. We're going to do great. Blows up. Well, once you've suspended your disbelief on, like, the science-y things and the alien things, it's like, okay, sure, we'll put a bitch in charge. Why not? Why not? So for the record, for those of us who are uh, (laughs) listening to the podcast, I literally muted James and I. (laughs) Like, no, we need to give them this. this I appreciate Mm. Andy Weir trying to do a thing Mm. for the ladies. I appreciate it. My point here, though, Don't believe it. But I appreciate it. We did have some strong female scientists, and I believe yeah. those. That was good. Yeah. yeah. I think my my point here is though that like obviously without like a singular focal point of someone to just say like, hey, you're gonna make the decisions and then we'll crucify you later, right? Um, you know, like that is a really good way of handling this sort of problem. But we the pandemic here. Do you think we'd be yeah. able to do this? So this was definitely written pre or most yeah, of this was written pre pre pandemic. And now it's like, oh, oh. But okay, so we would we, all die in this circumstance. Yes, yes yeah. we would. Yes, we would. I, I do think that um so I Andy Weir is writing sci-fi and part of that is, you know, cautionary. So a lot of this is like, eh, I don't think this was, hey, maybe we should pollute some more. Although that's probably the <laughs> only part of the book that they'd be like, yeah, let's do that part. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, this is blow up some icebergs. For my days, this is party. Like, the poor yes, climatologist. Icebergs. I feel bad for him. For those polar bears. I felt real bad oh. for that guy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the French climate guy. Yeah, the yeah. French climate guy. French climate guy. I wonder who's going to play. I, I, I also caught myself many times during the reading of this. Who's going to play this? <laughs> and play I, I did not picture Ryan Goss, the Goss, I didn't, Gosling. I did not picture him as the uh, the lead. I'm fine with it. He's, he's a good I think actor. of him as more of a serious actor, and I see this more as a comedic role. But I literally pictured my uh, one of my high school science teachers, I believe my chemistry teacher. You I wanted do. us all to... You did? Uh, did anyone um, else picture a high school? I was thinking of one of my seventh grade teachers. So. One of my co-workers was like the guy in my head. For a don't, you, don't, yeah. you don't want to know who my person looked like, Gwen. Was it you? No, was it, it you, looked James? like Andy. Was it Andy? Oh. It was like Andy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it wasn't exactly Andy, but like he was definitely in my mind like an Andy facsimile. Yeah. I can understand that, especially because of like we said, the not cursing and the awshucksing and the attitude. He's a teacher. It just it fit in there. What about my sorry? I said your husband off to space to die. Just gonna throw that out there. Gwen's spouse Andy is so the podcast people. He's he's a good human though. Yeah. He he would I But is he a coward? No. I pictured Andy as Rocky. I, <laughs> I don't know why. I just, well, oh my god, who are they going to have voice that? Are they going to have somebody voice that and it be an astronomically high-paying actor like how uh, Vin Diesel is Groot? Well, so wonder, that would be funny. Well, but so I wonder how they're going to do it. Um, so in the book, right when they were doing the audio, right. Because uh, I don't think this movie would be Alan Tudyk if anyone voices it. No. <laughs> This movie probably wouldn't be good if you couldn't actually have a conversation with Rocky. So early on when they were using the machine to communicate, they would have, you know, Grace talk in the book and then yeah. they would just make the noises, um, like synth I, noises for Rocky. I assume will happen. It'll just be like a mm-hmm. subtitle that throughout or well, throughout. But then... I want to hear the whale song. Yeah. yeah, when they tossed out the thing, what they would do is they would play the synth noises and then they had like a synthetic voice sort of say the things 
but with kind of like the musical synth noise in the background. Yeah, uh, and that worked pretty well. Yeah. So you so you understood that he was speaking a different language, um, but you didn't have to, you know. Rocking out. You didn't have to learn to speak alien whale. <laughs> yeah, alien whale. <laughs> uh, all right. So we were gonna transition. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Strat as a. I, I think interesting character interesting way to build world to do world building through flashbacks for sure uh, and like as you said james as it was going on i became more invested in finding out what's going on obviously the overwhelming the first mystery is why is he there uh second mystery is what's going on with this alien and the third mystery is why is he there why is he there <laughs> Well, because it's because like you feel like early on you just get like all the reasons why he would be there. Oh man, he was the first guy to work on this thing. Yeah. He's working with the team. He's so close to Strat. Like he's got the gene. Like it just makes sense that at some point he volunteers. He volunteers. At some he point he decides, go. yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to save you. Going to do it for the kids. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you. Going to fist thing, bump the alien for the kids. The thing I was not expecting. Uh, which I liked was him to say no, <laughs> right? So when our two other scientists died, the the main one and the backup, and Strat goes to him and says, "You know, you gotta go. It's you. Like you're the you're the only other person who can fill in at a moment's notice. You know, you're yeah. not the best choice. The but you're the, the other best available choice. choice though is what uh, like." What she was, was her... like a Colombian scientist that yeah. hadn't gone through any Ooh. of the training and would have had two or three weeks to learn everything. She's like Less a biologist. Of some she was sort. like a student or something. It right. Was, she was, like wasn't even done with her yeah. PhD. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not ready. But she was willing volunteer. Yes. Yeah. There were thousands of willing volunteers. I mean. So if you want to know how insufferable it is to be with, to like, you know, be in my head, I did figure it out or I, I thought about it as a consequence. So I, at some point I'm like, all right, they're building up. We obviously know that it's not going to be him, but we know he is the guy in the sea. So what happens to Dubois? Why is it him? Why does everything line up for him? I'm like, well, clearly the explosion happens and I'm like, all right, this is good. But right after the explosion happens, I'm like, doesn't feel like this is going to be enough. Something else is going to happen. I think he's going to refuse. I think he's too scared to do it. But I don't know what will eventually, it'll probably be a heart to heart that's going to change it around, which would have been like the most stereotypical way of resolving that. So again, knowing the the but genre no. shortcuts doesn't really help. It just Actually, helps you we know what's obvious. We went imprisonment and drugs. Yeah. yeah and drugs. I, the part, the, 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 the misdirect, the thing that went, that I forgot about, was the amnesia, yep. which was something I was very interested in, in the beginning. I'm like, why did By they the have like partial the brain damage? Yeah. Like, I, I just assumed it's from the coma, it. just like he assumes it's from the coma, so, which is what they planned the whole time. Right, and the the misdirect was brilliantly handled, uh, and that made that so. Like for a person like me who always tries to ruin things for themselves. I love it when somebody is like, no, I'm still going to make this interesting for you. you I'm bastard. more clever than you are, Frank. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Uh, and it, it didn't occur to me until I was reading it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, good. But he's going to be. See what you did there. I think it also yeah. makes it more impactful. I, you know, I guess I'm used to in the genre. He would obviously just be the big damn hero. Right. Yeah. Um, but 
he doesn't get that choice the first time around. So I think it's even way more impactful when, you know, he finds out that they've accidentally bred astrophage to be immune to its cage of xenonite and his potential friend that he's now only known for a few months out in the ether. And his entire society. And his, yes, and that friend's entire society is now- race. Yeah. is now lost and he has a backup plan so he could potentially save his home planet and Rockies but for him it's a suicide mission again right yeah. in his mind and it, it it removes that impact and throws it back in so with so much more imp- with so yeah. much more impact because yeah. suddenly like these are choices he's had to make and you could ask whether he would make them if given enough time to think about it uh I don't know. You could also ask whether or not he would have said no if they approached him at all like a like genuine, kind human beings, as opposed to calling him into a meeting saying, hey, guess what? You're volunteering. Voluntold. Yeah. I feel like they really well kind of tried to approach him gently. Was the Chinese her. guy. Yeah. Yao did. Chinese. Yao did. He, he jumped in and said, you know, I don't want to go if you're not doing this willingly. Thank yeah. you for the voice. <laughs> it wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't serious Chinese, the voice. It was just, you're like, <laughs> this is a commander. Well, he was a commander. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was going for. Serious yeah, no, yeah. commander. Uh, yes, there was there was a little bit, but a lot of that scene built up and helped me like realize he's gonna say no. He's definitely mm-hmm. gonna say no, and he said no. But I thought it was gonna be a heart to heart, and we had the heart to heart, but it was still no. Uh-uh. And with prison guards, think about the yeah. children, Grace. Do it for the children. Yeah. No, send one of them. They can do it. Screw the children. Definitely, definitely had a moment though as a teacher. All the things I've been asked to do this last year, where they're like, mm. "Dude, the children." He's like, "No, like my life matters too." Where I was like, yeah. "Right, it does. You're right, it does." And he's like, "But in this case, you're wrong. Yeah. You're right, but you're also wrong." But but in this right. case, we're definitely at the end justifies the means by like a very large, large margin. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah it's um, yeah, well, well executed final twist and i love the way the next chapter opens up with like oh i see how it is because i was also thinking that in the same phraseology land (laughs) oh yeah so i'm a coward oh (laughs) that's also a really interesting way of phrasing it though right because of the the amnesia he's like oh i've learned something about myself you know that like obviously i probably also assumed i was the big damn hero and that's the reason i'm here but i'm terrible oops (laughs) But and I, then after, he turns his ship around and he goes, but would a hero or would a coward do this? And he redeems yeah. himself. Yeah. And I I really, at that point, that chapter and on, it was like marathon reading. Everything was oh, on yeah. stage. My notes stop. for the last like four chapters are like chapter 26. What? Chapter 27. <laughs> There's not enough time here for this to end how I want it to. Chapter 28. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Just what like is that. Like, love that like moment. It all, like, just like it was like 15 pages, and suddenly it's like, yep, and we're done now, and everything's fine. But Michelle, that's like kind of the best part of reading a book is when you're close yeah. to the end and you're like, oh, there's not enough time. Oh, no, there's not enough time. How are they going to do how it? How are they going to do this? How are they going to do it? That happened to me in another book, you? but then I found out there was another book, and I thought it was the last one. Oh, that's what that's I was why thinking. I was like, I don't so read sad. series. I try to avoid series. <laughs> yeah. I know it's hard, especially in fantasy. It's impossible. But when I'm like, you, don't tell me book one of a million. I don't want to hear I that. I mean, um, 
I get excited yeah. though sometimes about series because it's something to look forward to if it's yeah. an author yeah. you know you like and you enjoyed the first like there's a sure there like three books coming out in September that I'm excited about and yeah, that's all I'm excited about for September. <laughs> <laughs> there are good things about it, but no. So when Rocky realizes that Grace is outside, I was like. <laughs> Fred. Yes! <laughs> That's what I got. Can't days. believe it hit me so emotionally. Grace, friend, you're here. You're here. I know. Except it's actually like <laughs> <laughs> the emotions still there. I know. Yeah, and I, I thought the. I thought the epilogue was really sweet too. It was, yeah. um, and I love everything from it from top to bottom. So I think I it's that he's like dying. I, I love the me burger. Yeah, me burgers were definitely the a winner. Me burger is great. Me um, burger I love that he's teaching oh, yeah. <laughs> teaching children with his like ridiculous pipe organ. I'm gonna he would learn. Definitely probably know how to do it by then though. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It had like, been like sound engineers like, can recognize empty. hertz and tones. Like it is possible. We just have to believe that he is not tone deaf. For that maybe he also did band. I can get on board with that. You know, maybe he was the the band. We'll show Ryan Gosling singing. the band teacher. He's teaching them human music. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying like in his past life, you obviously he was the science teacher, but maybe he also did extracurricular. Are you like basically required as a teacher? You got to do something. You no, it definitely, this or you think it definitely makes sense that he was a science teacher. <laughs> they didn't know about radiation or, uh, you, you think, know. You think, he, you think he had tenure? I'm not sure. Yes. I think it's oh, so yeah. difficult. Yes. Uh, so what I really he said he'd been teaching enjoy... for a number of years. He definitely had tenure. He had spent a lot of time making his classroom look really cool with dead stuff in jars. And right. he had so, beanbags, and that's an investment. You, get to do you all don't the buy 10,000 beanbags in one year. No. Yeah, you're right. That takes time collect that over the, the many, many years that you've been at the district. Mm -hmm. So this, is, this got really deep, uh, deep cuts. But what I'm I, not a I teacher, really, but I work in public. <laughs> what I really enjoy about this last chapter is prior to the last chapter, he, they save the day, right? They, they, they know they've got it. He saves his friend. They're on their way home. You assume he things are going to be Beatles. working out pretty good. And the, la the, the title of this last chapter is uh i think it's chapter 30 it's am 30. i right and it's 30 but it's in basics in yep. in uh rocky's uh home language so it tells you with one like weird character what's gonna happen right they made it enough where now he's speaking or chaptering in in iridian and that is just that's so graceful that's yeah. so well written i'm sorry <laughs> It really is a great way of establishing it. Rocky sounds like he understands language, like Earth language better. So he's speaking in more complete sentences now. He's using the proper terminology for things. It really is. And everything else we talked about, about how, you know, Grace is, seems comfortable. And I would say we, we a, book, book. A very heavy with gravity. Yeah. Well, and Rocky too, though, right? Like not just speaking in the same language, but like, you can tell instantly, like with the, the food stuff, right? Like you can tell instantly that they're like, you know, 
old friends, friends right yeah. like the, the sort of stuff you know obviously that you don't talk about with other people like it's like we've you know we went to the end of the world together we can talk about anything you know like because obviously food is a no-go for rocky because it's weird <laughs> it's a real weird I loved that when they were like, whenever it was like, oh, like, I forget watch, how they phrased it. When watch, it was like, I sleep, like, watch, 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 I sleep, sleep. Watch. But it was like, anytime anything came up and they just kind of said, well, this is a culture thing, it was just yeah. accepted and you moved thing, on. Just moved on. We should it. adopt that. We should. We should, we should, we should. definitely adopt if that. If anything, if there's any lesson that can come from this, it's that. <laughs> It's definitely it's human thing. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm just gonna start saying Michelle thing, and I'm just gonna do it, and everyone's gonna just you can't question me. In <laughs> fairness, we do that anyway, Michelle. <laughs> in fairness, all right. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, book nerds talk a lot about like opening lines and everything, and 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 I think there are some amazing opening Openers lines in literature. But I would say this book has one of the best closing lines ever. Twelve kids raise their claws. Right? It's who who here could tell me the speed of light? Twelve kids raise their claws. It's such a weird thing. If you don't know the book, what happened to the book, it's like almost scary in a way. But if you know, it's the most touching, normal thing. And it's so sweet. And I, I love the whole thing is about like, preparing the next generation to survive and that's that's really just an amazing well well done book i also like that grace still kind of remains grace yeah right at the end the fact that you know people in real life aren't big damn heroes yeah. you know even even the people we frame to they don't really continuously run into situations that put their you know what i mean like grace had one really big jump big damn hero moment and he did it and right now he's and back to he's goofball. still he's still on you know um i'd say 40 iridian because you know he's scared to go home Right. Yeah. Well, no. Right. Up until very up until that day, he didn't know there I was a home, yeah. right. If he would have been a one way trip, right, he would have been there, uh, and potentially that's it because he would have died along the way. But now he knows, and then he has to decide whether or not he wants to go. But he's like he has a <laughs> moment where he knows Earth logically must have survived. Yeah, survived. Right. And he can. He what he doesn't know is it's the it's Caesar and the monkeys. <laughs> well, not at the spaceships. And, uh, oh, uh, Just because so, the planet survived this doesn't mean that we didn't mess it up some other yeah. way. Oh yeah, definitely. When you get when Strats was elected emperor for life, <laughs> she's got some sort of reverse um, reverse uh, aging technology. She's still there. Sure, <laughs> I was actually trying to remember the, the hand reverse Handmaid's Tale thing going on. There is okay. Just there women in. There is a morbid, curious part of me that would want to know what the epilogue chapter would look yeah. like for from Strat, Earth. From Earth. Let's yeah. Not it. just from Strat, but from like Earth in general, right? What, How were these people memorialized? What, what did are some they of know? I want to talk about our favorite parts of the books that we haven't already mentioned, uh -huh. and um, and then maybe something that you thought you wanted to little, dig a little deeper on. Um, I, I mean, I get the obvious one to get out of the way is what happened what did, i want to know what happened to so i'm not just doing what james just did uh i want to know what earth thought all along right i want to know once they get the message what 
what was in the message, right? Did Grace have said, use this? Or did he said, so I woke up. <laughs> and guess what I remember? Or did, was it like piecemeal? Was like, because I assumed he was making video diaries the entire time, or this whole thing was a diary, because you don't know when you die, right? You're, something could happen, and you want to give yeah. them as much notes as you possibly had. So he's like gradually more hairy bearded and more angry when he realizes he's a cow <laughs> like i that's what i want to see i want to see people's reactions to what what happened to grace um uh, michelle all right i'm pulling up my notes so something that took me a really long time to figure out and i don't know if anyone else figured it out i'm assuming everyone else figured it out hail mary full of grace his name is Grace. Yes. Oh God. It's full of grace, and I'm no. not religious, but I, I, wait, I don't remember how, how it came up in car. I was at a wedding, probably. That's what it was. I was at a Catholic wedding, and that came up. And <laughs> no, I'm Mary sitting there, goes, and I'm like, I was reading about. I'm like, it's wait. I'm like, because it's like an unusual name. Well, not unusual, but you know, it's not like his name's John Smith. His name's Rylan Grace. Mm. I'm sitting there. I'm like, huh. I don't like that at grace. all. I didn't think about it. I don't like that at all. Let it sit uncomfortably with you, too. This this also reminds me very quickly. How do they have time to put Grace's name on the mission patch? Did they re-embroider things? Yeah, I guess. What are the embroiderers doing? There were a lot of people working on like the couple days. Like I said, it was an iron-on. It was just, you know. Yeah, but it had to re-embroider the name Grace in the thing. You don't think he had like patches for other things? I don't know. That's that's the part that breaks I think the whole team had patches on all their stuff. That's one of those things that they'll fill in during the movie. You'll see him in the project shirt prior with his name on it so it'll it'll be like a non thing uh, in a movie version Gwen, what about um you know <laughs> moments that you really love that we didn't touch on or what you wish they had uh, focused a little bit on so we could find out more um i feel like i already said this but i appreciated the humor um mm -hmm. I, and i liked sort of the quirky side characters like you don't expect to get quirky side characters in a one-man suicide mission yeah the planet book the like guy who built the beatles yeah, but we got the exactly the guy, the guy with the, the crazy explosive guy. Yeah, he's really my favorite. He's great at explaining science too. He's just like <laughs> it go boom, and I'm like, this is great. This got is high it. level. Yeah, so like just you know, sort of the random side characters, the quirky supporting cast. Um, yeah, that's that's what I liked. I also Michelle just pointed out. The pun and the humor. The humor is good. There's a lot of lot of jokes in there. He got he got a lot a lot of jokes. Uh, the fact that it was hail mary and it was just like maybe this will work. Yep. Let's <laughs> stick grace in it. It'll be fine. Yeah, James, It'll do you have there. anything you'd like to add before we go into the most important part of this podcast, which is Rocky art? I mean, uh, Rocky I art for the listeners. I I stand by that if. We were in this situation. Someone guaranteed me I would meet aliens. I would be on that ship. That's what if they were aliens? Ones. What if they were hostile? Yeah, I feel like, like your loved just, ones. Are that was legitimately one of my concerns when we got to the aliens part. I was like, mm -hmm. wait, they're it, gonna blow each other up. They explain it really well. I had a lot of anxiety about that. They explain it really well in the book. He's like, why did this happen? He's like, because. We are at the exact, we have the exact same problem at the exact technological point, right? 
we yeah. wouldn't be hostile to each other because right we don't you know we're we're Both trying to solve this problem i intellectually understand that but in my heart of hearts i know humankind oh, is violent and yeah. terrible oh, no and, and it makes aliens, me anxious and you but have maybe to the other people we run into out there are also aliens, violent and terrible <laughs> if aliens pull up outside in a spaceship to earth it ain't going to be star trek they're no. here for resources but in a situation like this like it kind of works mm -hmm. I don't know. I think a lot of this is, and uh, honestly, I can't. It's the general anthropic uh, uh, principle, basically, like like he says, you've got like Rocky says, we're if we were smarter, we, if we were smarter, we would have avoided this, and if we were less smart, we'd be dead by now. <laughs> yeah. And this is sort of like everything. It, it's the Goldilocks principle, but because yeah. like, it can only work this way. Like they Kurt, like it. Same... At very least, it's a great narrative, whether or not it's, it's accurate narrative. or not. They use um, the same theory to find the amoeba mm -hmm. or whatever they end up calling it. Yeah, basically. Everything yeah. has. Taumiba. Oh, the eat the amoeba. I couldn't pronounce it. Was I great. had a big was, yeah. Yeah. I love I love Rocky being able to solve a puzzle that easily. He's like, yeah, why don't you just eat the amoeba? And, he, and, he's and like, Rocky Grace was much like, smarter than Grace. Like, oh, yeah. and he Grace told him all Grace the time, that. you are stupid. Stop being Did stupid that, human and go to bed. Yes. They've got like, like, like the call, like yeah. All yeah. right, uh, while we're showering wait, wait, Rocky so, with with <laughs> man, with so my my favorite man. thing we didn't talk about is the ship. I really like the ship, the centrifuge, oh. the way the ship yeah. works, the way they thought about the science problems. Like, um, thought that was really cool. I'd love like a little model of the Hail Mary. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I love that. That's something I would have been all about as a kid. I, I enjoyed it very it's much neat. now, but it's it's one of those things where you like normally you don't want to use that as the basis for a story and i think in some ways it was but to be honest it worked really well and from a filmmaking perspective i'm sure potential directors are like let me at this <laughs> this is gonna be fun yeah well, james there is a a photo in the actual book yeah. i don't know if they gave There's it like to a you audio book. oh no they didn't I'd, here uh, i'm pulling it up oh thank you for bringing that up actually oh wow yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh man, that's awesome. That is yeah. not at all what I imagined it to look like. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna go look that. And up. you can see James, the way that it like spins and everything in the other page. Before we oh, move yeah. on, James, what was your last? What was your uh, feelings about the audiobook? Good reading, good voice, good. I, I assume. Oh, I really great. enjoyed it. I think they did yeah. a great job with the audiobook. And yeah, that little remember. note. Yeah. Little note for that last chapter. It didn't say thirty. It played in music. Oh, oh, even better. That's, that's well produced. It was yeah, the narrator. Oh, uh, uh, well, yeah, so um, right now we're going to talk about Rocky fan Ray art. Porter. We don't. I'm saying his name one more time so I didn't step on it. Ray Porter. Um, so he's read. He's done a lot of television and read a lot of books. There's no. There's no picture of this alien that is such a huge part of the story. At least not in the book. He's going to be represented eventually visually. And I have to admit, right when I was a certain that this was an actual alien and not some weird misunderstanding where like it was a time dilation thing. That's one of my theories, by the way. Was that <laughs> he went and then Earth sent a better ship like 10 years after him. Oh my God. Can I tell you, I was so glad that this didn't have anything to do with time travel. I'm That's a little fine. over that trope. I but my concept, hey, trope. But the concept was kind of funny that they, they sent him, and then like after 10 years of tweaking it, they're like, you know, we can do this a little faster. He absolutely would have found the humor in that situation, and by he, I mean Andy Weir, not Rylan Grace. Rylan Grace would have been incensed yeah. by that. But so I, 
I looked up what Rocky may have looked up, and it probably informed a little bit of what I've seen. And but I tried to draw this the most from memory of the description. Then go back and re research it. I'm going to go through all of our our fan art of what the, we think Rocky looks like. I'll start with myself. Uh, and we're going to be visible on the sides of the screen okay. as I do this. So you could do the, you could like lean in and try to do oh, everyone which remember way? which way you're leaning. Yeah, that's this it. Direction. Here uh, we go. Okay. James, the other way. Yeah. There you right. go. No. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember if he actually says fist me. He does. he does. He does. Fist me. And he's like, buddy, no, fist bump. Not fist me. That means something else. <laughs> so you, you could tell I got the, uh, you don't have to keep doing the straight of your nets if you don't want to. You could tell I got the various, the, the vaguely pent body. The bandolier was the big thing for me. The fact that he had a bandolier, not just mm -hmm. for chewy reasons. Oh, I forgot like, about a, his bandolier. That's a cute way of showing all this stuff. So, yeah, that that was my... We, I had many different ways I could show this art, including like a share screen, but I wanted the stupidest way possible. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, so next, I'm going to go with James's. Nice. Alright, ready for okay. it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Fred's question. question. Fred's question. So, but he's got the five arms, and he's got the little three little talons on each arm, we'll and try. that's not. And then I tried to make him like Rocky, but I still I kind of pictured him a little bit because he said carapace, so I I kind of pictured it more like ovular, like a spider, but without a head because he didn't need one. And um, and then the like the things are supposed to be like texture that he's Rocky, and then I tried to draw his breathing box. I forgot about the bandolier. Mm. That's, oh, a, that's yeah, the box yeah. he uses to breathe. And then I made a little music notes for a friend. <laughs> I, I like that you got his language in there. I think you may have been the only that's one cute. who did that. Uh, let's find out. Let's go to uh, Gwen's art next. Now the, the major crafting starts coming in. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, my oh, gosh! Wow. This looks like concept art for Rocky. Like, this yeah. looks... So... Look at your signature. We gotta call up the producers of the movie. <laughs> I think we could. You could. You could get I'm on ready. this. Yeah. So at first I was like, I'm gonna draw him from like an above angle and then a front, and then I was like, mm, neither of these is really exactly what I wanted it to be, but good enough. Is that his um, fancy rock dress? Yes. <laughs> like his, his, like I just what? thought it was so weird that he has like a shirt that has a well, head. I love, he has I, a love, head. I love how Grace. Grace described it. He's like, it looks weird, but it must sound amazing. And I'm like, ah, that's so yeah. yeah, yeah. I I like the way Gwen's. I don't know. I hope I sound okay because I don't have a headset mic. But uh, I like the way uh, Gwen's Rocky is all thigh, like very <laughs> like thick thighs. Listen, like, it's that he like dancer. he like hangs off of the. Yeah, he'd be strong, like, right? Legs yeah, all the time, and then has all leg. others to do other things. So, like, you gotta, you, you gotta hit the gym if you're gonna be doing that kind yeah. of thing. Absolutely, gotta be a muscular yeah, rock, okay? All right, rock and last, last but not least, a, uh, a what? Not like a multimedia crafts multimedia. <laughs> Whoa! Does yours move? Oh! Oh! Whoa! <laughs> I like the glitter, the little uh, sequence. I really got nice. into this last night. Uh -huh. <laughs> I had to pull the. It? It's it's culture. Don't ask questions. Yeah. No, yep. but what's it made out of? 
um, a paper bag. I was just going to ask, is this like a paper bag situation yeah. or are we looking it more is, like wow. a construction paper? It was um, a takeout bag because these are the love only it. Sharpies that I have and they're all multi well, I, I, I love it. Frank and I got lower grades on the projects than Gwen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, work, Michelle. Uh, Thank honest, you. Honestly, I think we should we should auction off this original art to <laughs> And it would be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh speaking Just of amazing, the, for the uh, super fans grades. that are in that very right narrow. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. it is a good touch. Look at of that. Mine's downstairs. Look at that. Look at Mine's that. right here. I have it in my bag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the people who don't have shame for what they made. So, like, uh, here's the thing: here. on the back is a rubric because that's who I am. <laughs> oh, see, that's, on that's the back of authentic. mine was work papers too. Right? It's uh, you could see recycling yeah, is important. You know, that's what we learned. And we have learned that recycling is important unless it becomes very, yep. very dangerous, and then we have to burn. And then we got our, up ozone. our carbon output, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Frank, you're right. We should absolutely auction these off to the very yeah. niche market of non-pro yes. super fans who are also Andy Weir fans. Yes, absolutely. So, Andy Weir is tenting his fingers. He's like, "Good, I have to get a copy of this, and then we can, <laughs> we can get that lawsuit going." Uh, you know, it was. It was an excellent read. Um, hats off to you, James, for the wonderful suggestion. Um, uh, I'm also going to recommend the Ars Technical Ar Technica article uh, by Lee Hutchinson, um, which goes into much more detail about the squishiness of language and linguistics. A really fun article. Um, and actually, speaking of that article, there is he makes a point uh, describing... Uh, the way sci-fi works with linguistics and then there is the Andy Weir and the, the usefulness of how it's presented in this book, comparing it to uh, CJ Cheryl, Sherry, Sherry, again, I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, the uh, Foreigner series, which does something completely different with language. So there is a book suggested in this article that were two very similar looking races, humans and these things that are basically bipedal humanoid looking things think they are speaking the same language, but uh, then get into a pretty severe war because they are oh. definitely not. What's uh, the book? So, the, the, in our language, the love means love, and their language, love means murder. It, it, like that type of, like that. <laughs> according uh, according to the brief synopsis of this book, basically yes. Okay, but there is right. a language difference where they just did not understand. We were we, we we both had agreed humans and this alien race kind of agreed that this is our communal language, right? We both we know what we what we're saying. We're all like, yeah, yeah, no, we understand. But then later on, found out that our words for things were completely different, and we were kind of like when you get into different dialects and you're so accidentally telling somebody to <laughs> you know screw a potato. It gets really interesting. I've actually yeah, experienced that in my own that. household recently, <laughs> where I used a phrase that I thought was a playful jab, but apparently in a slightly different di dialect, it is an incredibly offensive term. Uh, it's like uh, one time I said yeah, bug under my breath and my mom thought I said something else that starts with an F that I don't know if I could say on this channel. And I got in a lot of trouble and I was so confused because I was like six. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, where did you hear that word? And I'm it's like, definitely I don't know confusion Because one of the things about this book that's a little hard is like they wouldn't even know that they were wrong. 
right? They wouldn't know because they wouldn't have the basis to understand that. So right. this, I think the book is called The Foreigner Series. It may be called The Visitor. We okay. talk about it off channel. We need to discuss what our next book will be. This might be a good idea. It also may be too deep or too um, science fiction-y for us. Uh, but if you have any ideas, why don't you leave comments in this YouTube or Twitch or Facebook video, depending on where you saw it. And then definitely subscribe to us on YouTube and Twitch, the only place that gives us the moolah that we need. <laughs> so we don't have to sell our original art to keep the engine hey, going. I, in the we're still time. willing to sell these beautiful masterpieces right here. I'll mail it out. It's a low, low it. price of any amount of money you'd like to send us. Just I subscribe to any Patreon level. Yes. I was going to say, specifically the really high one way. where it's Michelle reads a chapter of an audiobook to you. Uh, Could yes. be this book. Is that, does that still exist? Yeah. Yeah. It's still there. Someone's going to deep pockets. <laughs> one day. Read to me. One day. Uh, <laughs> Yes, uh, we, we this has been a lot of fun. Thank you all for joining us, uh, whether you're doing it live or on uh, the, the the recording that will come up um, almost immediately. Um, I, I can't wait for the next book because honestly, reading is just a whole nother level of just putting putting the world aside and 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 just imagining and having fun and relaxing. I really do enjoy it. Beautiful escape. Um, it really is a great escape. And this was a great book for an escape because, uh, you know, things end in mostly okay. As long as you don't look at the earth. <laughs> probably all right. We, they figured something out. Probably I'm sure. it's, probably, it's probably fine. It's we, didn't probably kill, fine. we didn't kill each other in completely in the time we were waiting. So Yeah, at least enough survived and one, one space program. We're good. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you just have a Jeffrey Bezos theme song? No, I didn't have, have you not seen that? Oh my god, Frank, oh, you live under you live under Rocky. Like you got I under Rocky. Honestly, I've been so much happier now that I've not talked to, to I know I'm not on social media, I'm not paying attention to anything. I'm just reading books by candlelight. It's the really joke, the way of humans. The joke was that the, the Bezos's program it doesn't matter. I hope not. It doesn't matter. I don't need any context for this. I just I'd rather believe that James just made up a, a impromptu theme song. You know, that's probably a, a better way to live. Yes. Yeah. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So thank you all for uh watching. Uh like, follow, subscribe. You know the deal. And goodbye. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.